the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you ready for the word? Praise him. This is Pastor Pearson of Word of Faith Christian Center here in sunny San Antonio, Texas. A Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church where Jesus Christ is Lord and you'll never be bored. I want to welcome all of you back to our radio broadcast and I pray as being a blessing to you and yours. So sit back and relax as I bring a message from the word of God just for you. But please, please, please have an ear to hear what the Lord is about to say. Because if you do, I guarantee that you'll be blessed today. So, without further ado, let me bring today's message to you. It's called Recovery and Restoration. Saints of the Most High God, we're blessed to have a God in our life who makes and keeps His promises. Promises that the Bible teaches us that He's already said yea and amen to. In Joel chapter 2, God made one of those promises to me and you. He made us a promise that He'll restore everything that the devil has stolen and will devour from us. Now, isn't that awesome? That's just one of the promises that God has already said yea and amen to. The only question is, will we say yea and amen to what God has already said yea and amen that he's willing to do for me and you? Let's learn what we need to learn so that we can match God's yea and amen with our own yea and amen to his doing what he promised he'll do. Let's learn some more today about what the Bible has to say about God's promise of recovering restoration that he wants to bring our way and what we need to do to say yay. So without further ado, let me share today's message with you. It's called Recovery and Restoration. But before I do, I got a question to ask you. Are you ready for the word? Because ready or not, here it comes. Deuteronomy chapter 7. See, the Jews were told not to marry women from the land that they were going. Told them don't do it. God told them don't do it. Don't do it, Kimber. He said... Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 1, it says, When the Lord thy God shall bring thee into the land, whither thou goest to possess it, and have cast out many nations before thee, the Hittites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, seven nations greater than thou art, than thou. And when the Lord thy God shall bring them before thee, thou shalt smite them and utterly destroy them, and thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor, nor sh- show mercy unto them. Neither shalt thou make, make merry with them. Thy daughters thou shalt not give unto his son. Nor his daughter shalt thou take unto thy son. And then he goes on to say some other things. Basically, tear up everything they've got to do with them. Praise God. Jack up everything they've got to do with them. Why is that? Verse 4. For they will turn away thy sons from following me that they may serve other little g-gods. So will the anger of the Lord be kindled against you and destroy thee suddenly. Some theologians, I'm not necessarily in agreement with that, believe that that's one of the reasons why they died early. All of them died early. Well, two of them died early, that's the sons, was because they both hooked up with who God said don't hooked up with, and so what God said will happen ended up happening. And then the father, because he left where God had him to be and decided to be someplace other than where he was supposed to be. Let me listen to me. There's never any place better to be than smack dab in the middle of God's will. 
I don't care if hell is happening where you are. If that's what God said be, then that's all right. God going to give you a, a hell umbrella. Praise God. Hallelujah. And, and it's going to be falling all around you. It ain't going to hit you. You just stay where you're supposed to be. I don't care what you're going through. Is anybody hearing me? Because there's no better place to be than where God wants you to be. You don't make a move. The Bible tells you, lean not to your own understanding. Just trust in God. Acknowledge him in all your ways. He will direct your path. Not your feelings, not what you're experiencing. Nothing like that. No, no. Not because, it, well, you know, it's a little tight right now, so a brother going to pack up and move and go someplace else. No, excuse me, excuse me. It's God. What did God say? Well, I felt. Ain't nobody asked you what you felt like because the other day you wasn't feeling that good. Praise God. Anybody ask you what you felt like? Ask you what did God say? We have a speaking spirit for a God. Is anybody hearing me up in here? Amen. So anyway, some believe that that was what ended up happening to them. And that's why everything was falling apart. But girlfriends say, look, I'm going back. And she ended up going back to the, to the place. Because the Jews were told not to marry any people from the land that they go. Now, you might say, well, pastor, that list doesn't say anything about the Moabites specifically. Well, this one does. Turn to 1 Kings chapter 1, chapter 11, please. 1 Kings, this one does. Because <laughs> remember when Solomon lost his mind. That man, well, God put it a record of it at that time. And he showed him what some of the stuff he was doing and some of the people he was doing when he lost his mind. First Kings chapter 11, starting with verse 1. It said, but King Solomon loved many strange women. What kind of women? Strange, strange women. He ain't talking about nobody who was just weird. He was talking about people that were not of the people that he was supposed to be with. He loved all kind of strange women. Together with the daughter of Pharaoh. Women of the Moabites. That's who they married. Women of the Moabites. Ammonites. Even Edomites, them, and and the Hittites, praise God. Hallelujah. All them folks, they go to Moabites, strange women. Well, that's who Chilion and and Malon had. Malon and Chile, that's what they had. They had strange women. So they was already messed up as a result of that. Go back to Ruth chapter 1, please. Now, Ruth, the Moabitess, ended up making a decision to devote herself to Naomi. Did even though the other one said, I'm out, see you later, appreciate you, it's been fun, got to run, praise God, so I can later on have him in Romans chapter 1, verse 19. We'll see where she made a commitment. Verse 19 says, so they, we're in Romans chapter 1. Okay, I'm just seeing if you're paying attention. We're in Ruth chapter 1. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse 19. No, I don't want to go down that far. Yeah, let's do that one. Yeah, so here we are, 15. It says, and she said, behold, that sister. Huh? She said, let's go on. Yep, back. To, yeah, there you go. And she said, behold, that sister-in-law is going back unto her people. And unto her little G gods, return thou after thy sister-in-law. And Ruth said, entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. 
and whether thou lodgest, I will lodge. My people, excuse me, thy people shall be my people. Here's the kicker right here. And thy God, my God. And thy God, my God. Where thou diest, will I die. And there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. Which means if, if anything causes me to part from you even before then, if I lose my mind or change my mind later on down the line, may the Lord kill me on the spot. Somebody say, now that's covenant right there. Verse 18 says, when she saw that she was steadfastly minded, she wasn't just blowing smoke. She meant what she was saying to go with her. Then she left speaking unto her, which means I ain't had nothing else to say about it. She said, well, okay, see, you made up your mind. Then I'm going to go ahead and go ahead and go. And if you're going to be with me, then I see you made up your mind. I ain't got nothing else to say to you. So they too went until they came to Bethlehem. And it came to pass that when they were come to Bethlehem, that all the city was moved about them. And they said, it is Naomi. You know, before we get into that. She made a decision that she was going to stick with, with Naomi. That no matter what, she said, I'm going to stick with you. Articulated her devotion when she said all of what she would do. And included in that is, thy God shall be my God. Now there was a premise in, 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 in a, a provision in Judaism which was called proselytes, whereas they would allow a person to become a proselyte. And if that person became a proselyte, then that person would abandon their God, abandon them, their people, abandon everything about them, and be able to lock in with their God, with, with, the, with, with, with the God of the Jews. They would lock in with the Jews, Jewish God. And as a result of that, it would be just as if they were a Jew. Now, back then, it was a second-rate Jew, but it was just as if they was a Jew. Praise God. I said back then. It was a second rate. Now, in, in, in modern uh, society, in Christianity, there is no second rate. There is no big I, no little you in Christianity. It's both the Jew and, and, and the Gentile. Everybody got to come in through Christ. Praise Amen. God. Amen. But back then, the Jew was the main person. Everybody else wanted to be like the Jew. And so they was like a, a, a knockoff. You know, they was like a knockoff. They wasn't. You know, they wasn't, uh, the, the, they, yeah, they wasn't the, the real deal. They was a knockoff. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. So anyway, she made a decision that she was going to be with them and make her God uh, her God. But by doing that, then that means that you also accept his commandments. You accept his precepts. You accept his concepts. And they were required to accept everything that he was about and begin to start living it out just like they were a Jew too. So. That's when we pick up right now. Praise God. We see where Ruth leaves Moab to be able to go to with Naomi to Bethlehem. Verse 19. It says, so they too went until they came to Bethlehem. And it came to pass that when they were come to Bethlehem, that all the city was moved about them. And they said, hey, is this Naomi? And she said unto them, call me not Naomi, but call me Mara. For the Almighty have dealt very bitterly with me. So when she came back, she was not even worth thinking about, nothing worth talking about. They had no rap for her, they didn't have no conversation for her. Why? Because she wasn't nothing in their eyes. She she was a the Gentile wife of, of Malon, but Malon dead. 
So she ain't even got an identity other than the fact that she some Moabitess that you done drug back up in here with, with them. Verse 21. Verse 21 says, and she said unto them, well, you know, she started bugging because she all depressed over what happened. She said, I went out full and the Lord had brought me home again empty. Why then call ye me Naomi, which means pleasant, seeing that the Lord has testified against me and almighty has afflicted me. So Naomi returned and Ruth, the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law with her, which returned out of the country of Moab. And they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of the barley's harvest. Chapter 2 says, And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's, a mighty man of wealth of the family of Imelech, and his name is Boaz. And Ruth, the the Moabitess, said unto Naomi, Let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him in whose sight I shall find grace. She's like, If I can find somebody that's willing to let me glean, then I'm willing to do so. And she said unto her, go, my daughter. Now, she said, I'm going to go glean in the fields. Now, she, people already don't think much about her already. But now she's about to go gleaning in the fields. Now, this is important because the concept of gleaning, let me do it this way. Nowadays, we have what's called welfare, which is a wonderful premise in the natural. That's, aid, that's there to aid and assist a person from being able to fall down you know, to the ground. It's like a safety net to be able to catch a people. Whereas there's a, there you can go and be able to receive something. Praise God that allow you to be able to eat, be housed, be clothed and things like that. You know, kids taken care of, you know, up until the time that you can get yourself back together and you can do something for yourself. Well, that's not designed by God. God didn't design a welfare system. God designed what was called gleaning. What gleaning was basically was a workfare system. Rather than a welfare system, it was a workfare system. Because you had them impoverished with you during that time, too. People that were, were down on, you know, down, they didn't really have any stuff, you know, stuff didn't, you know, didn't have provision and things like that. But what they were, ha- see, what happened was, is gleaning was a system of property transfer for the relief of a distressed and ruined families. It was a system of property transfer for the relief of distressed and ruined families. It was a Jewish system of workfare instead of welfare. Whereas a person would go out to those fields and whoever owned the field that when it came time to harvest, they would harvest the middle, all the stuff from the middle of the field, but they would leave the edges unharvested. They would leave the edges unharvested. So that anybody who didn't have land, didn't have provision of their own, could ask a person, can I go on your field and and glean, please? And the person would allow them to do so. And then they would go and pick the stuff just like it was their own field and pick the harvest. Why? Because God always designed his principle that if you don't work, you don't eat. And so he had you work to get it, even though the field wasn't yours. He allowed the edge, whereas it was still people's generosity that allowed it to be able to happen, but they would go pick it for themselves. They couldn't go to the middle of the field. They had to go to the edges. Praise God. They had to go to the edges. Well, that's the system that they had set up. The people who would end up being in that system were not looked highly upon because they understood that these people, they're in a bad situation. Let me do it this way. 
the gleaning field would be the last place a man would look for a wife. And the gleaning field would be the last place that a woman would look for a husband. Come on, bring it to modern day. Welfare system is not a place where you're supposed to be looking for a wife because they can't afford their own self yet. Don't get mad at me while I teach real good. Praise God. It's not that they less of a people, nothing like that. It's just that they should have another focus at this time. And that's getting life back together and getting back on my feet and being able to sustain myself. That's supposed to be the focus. Not whether or not I can add more babies to my welfare list so I can get some more money. That's not, I ain't cracking on it. I'm just saying that everything got a priority to it. Amen. Not sitting around waiting, watching, watching, you know, TV shows and, and, and reality TV and, 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 and eating food and then wait till the next check come around and then you go get another check and ain't nobody looking for nothing. That's not what God designed. God designed a workfare system. It's called a gleaning system. But even still, a person that's in that situation, that would be one of the last people that a prospective, a prospective husband would be looking for. So if he even saw somebody that was fine, he'd be like, yo, dang, dang, she fine. But then she over there gleaning, he'd be like, but she ain't going to be mine. Amen. 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 Because remember, when God designed the woman for man in Genesis chapter 2, he said she's going to be help meet. She's going to be an aid and assistance that's suitable for him. If the person is gleaning, they can't help me. They need help. So I'm picking up a liability. I'm not picking up an asset. Hallelujah. Broke. Leave it alone, Rodney. Just. I'm trying to. So she would not have. So once again, now she's a Moabitess that's sitting there. They're already looking down on her. They're already thinking negative on her. And she broke too? Y'all don't want to work with me. See, her leaving Moab to go to Bethlehem caused her name to be just as bad as it was, no, worse than it was if she had even stayed in Moab. Because at least if she had stayed in Moab, at least they'd have considered her one of them. And potentially she could have got a little action and stuff like that. But when she go to Bethlehem, that's like it shuts everything down. Because when she goes there, she's going to be not seen positively. She a Moabitess. She's not one of the chosen people of the Jews. Therefore, she, 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 she ain't got nobody that's going to be coming after her. Especially when God said, strange woman. She walked around with a t-shirt, strange woman. She got a problem. And, and she a widow, Moabitess. Somebody, don't, please don't get offended. She's a widow, Moabitess. No offense, ladies. Ladies say, I will not be offended. In Jesus' name. But it's bad enough that she's not one of the chosen people who's the Jews, but she's also used goods. Don't get mad at me while I'm teaching up in here. Can I move on? So she, it's bad enough she a motorbitis, but she a widow motorbitis. Her name dropping. And she's a childless widow motorbitis. A childless woman, widow motorbitis. 
Ladies in the house say, it's still working, Pastor. I ain't going to be mad at you. Because it's bad enough that she's not one of the chosen people. It's bad enough that she also has used goods. But she's used goods that you're not even sure works. Because she's been married for 10 years and ain't got child of first. Come on, stay with me now. And back in that generation, back in them people, if you didn't have a child, there's something wrong with you. She didn't even have a girl. Don't look, y'all said y'all wasn't going to get mad. I'm talking about that generation, that people back there. Because the, the boy is what they were after. Because that's the one continued the name. When they had a girl, they're like, oh, see, that's just an expense. That's the way they thought. Not me. Don't look at me like that. That's the way they thought. Praise God. But she, they, they, she didn't have a girl. Much less a boy. So she a Moabitess, a widow Moabitess, a childless widow Moabitess, and a broke childless widow Moabitess. Everybody says she ain't got much of a name at all. She ain't got much. I'm trying to help. She really don't have a name at all at this point. But she's made God her God. And she's decided to hold on to the principles of God and operate the way God says do and conduct herself as a proselyte, just like she was a Jew. And see, when you do that, O.C., O.C., keep your finger here, come on, turn to Proverbs chapter 16. Proverbs chapter 16. <laughs> Woo! Thought I was going to have to have security walk me up out of here for a minute. Praise God. Proverbs chapter 16. <laughs> Lord Jesus. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 7. Notice it says, when a, when a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. When a man's ways please the Lord, he even makes his enemies to be at peace with him. Why is that? Because of the power of God. God is a God that can turn hearts. He said, I hold the hearts of the kings in my hand. And just like the rivers of water, I'll turn them in which way you want. In such ways, you might have the worst toe up name that could ever imagine. Just do things the way God wants them done. Please God. Even though everybody else can't stand you. Just please God. And if you do what God says do, the way God says do it, God will cause some stuff to be able to happen to you. Hallelujah. Well, that's all that we have time for today. We trust that you are blessed by what the word of God had to say. I hope even more that you're learning from God's word to let him have his way. It's good to be loved by a God who wants to bring recovery and restoration into the lives of me and you. We're loved so much so that he promised us in Joel chapter 2 that he'll do it for me and you. We have a God who loves us enough to bring recovery and restoration of everything that's been lost and or stolen from us. Let's love him enough to let him do for us what he said in his word that he wants to do for us. Let's take him at his word and let him bring the recovery and restoration to us that he said that he'd do for us. If you want to hear the message in its entirety, just contact the church office at area code 210-785-9238. That's area code 210-785-9238. Or write us at Word of Faith Christian Center, 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, 
888-789-7823. We'll be more than glad to get it out to you ASAP. If you're in or visiting San Antonio or surrounding areas, come on by and visit us at Word of Faith. We're located at 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, between West and Blanco. Service times are Wednesdays at noon, Thursday evenings at 645, Saturday afternoons at 430, and Sunday mornings at 8 and 11. If you don't have transportation and you're in need of a ride, we'll come and get you. We have a VIP transportation service that's available for every service. We'll pick you up, bring you to the church, and then drop you off at home after it's over. Just call the church office and arrange a ride. If you need a ride, we'll be glad to come and get you. And don't forget, saints, make sure that you're in church on Sunday. If you're not at work, every child of God needs to be in their father's house on Sunday. Radio and internet are a blessing, but there's nothing like being in the house of God. The psalmist put it perfectly when he said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. That should be what every child of God says to you that we'll be in the house of the Lord. So if you can physically be in church this Sunday, then be in church on Sunday. Make sure that you leave your house and be in your father's house on Sunday. You'll be blessed when you do, I guarantee you. And last, but definitely not least, to all of you who've been so kind to send words of encouragement by letter or email to us, that you're being blessed by the ministry of the word and that you're praying for us, and also to those of you who are sending financial offerings in support of our ministry. From the bottom of our heart, we want to say to you, thank you. God says in Genesis chapter 12, I will bless them that bless you. Well, since you've been blessing us, we know that he's going to bless all of you because that's what he said in his word that he'll do. May God richly bless all of you for blessing us as we endeavor to do what he's called us to do, that is be a blessing into a blessed people's lives like you. We pray a hundredfold blessing into your life for blessing us as you do in any way that you've done it. Once again, thank you for being a blessing. Don't forget to tune in to our broadcast next week for more of this life-changing word we have in store for you. Call a neighbor, call a friend, tell them to tune in. But when you do, know that we're going to ask the same question of you. That is, are you ready for the word? Y'all stay blessed. See you next week.